0: Welcome to the Hockey Riders Prospect Corner, a show with our top prospects writing crew bringing you the latest news, analysis, scouting reports, mocks, rankings, and much more. From the world juniors to the NHL draft floor, from the farm to the NHL, our team covers everything that happens in the world of prospects. So sit back, grab a notebook, and get ready for Prospect Corner. Prospect Corner hello everybody and welcome to another episode of prospect corner presented by the hockey writers today we're going to be taking a look at some of the top prospects playing in the united states including the ushl the ncaa and the ahl Uh, i'm your host logan horn and today i am joined by my co hosts and fellow prospect analysts matthew zator and peter barracchini how are you doing today matt doing good we got
1: having a few regular season games in the books the canucks are 2-0 so i am happy Uh, and uh, yeah, the Abbotsford Canucks are also. Uh, I I don't know if they're two and oh, I think they're two and oh as well. Um, I think they're both. I saw something that both of the Canucks teams were two and oh. Yeah, they won against Laval again, too, right? Yeah, so they're two and oh as well. So I'm uh, I'm riding high.
0: (laughs) Nice, everything's positive in uh, the lower mainland area right now. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) things tend to crash and burn a little there sometimes, but who knows? Uh, this could be the year, you never know. Um, Peter, how are you doing today? How how are things? Yeah, doing good. You know, happy that hockey's back.
2: Uh, kind of like Matt, teams two and zero with the Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews is just continuing to torch it up right now. So I know we're here to talk about prospects, but I wouldn't be <laughs> doing my you know due diligence yeah. if we didn't honor Matthews because what he did back to back. I mean, damn that that's
0: impressive. <laughs> Absolutely, back to back hat tricks to open the season. Like that's that's nuts. It's a lot yeah. of fun. We were joking just before before the show that uh last season mcdavid was upset that the year before matthews stole the heart from him <laughs> and so he started scoring a bunch of goals and now this year matthews is upset that mcdavid stole the rocket and the heart and ev- everything from him and so he's he's getting payback and who knows so he, we'll right see how long money. that pattern lasts <laughs> we'll See yeah, how long they just alternate all of the awards all of them uh anyway um yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm super glad hockey's back too. Lots of lots of exciting stuff to do. But we'll we'll get into some prospects here in just a second. Uh, first though, I do want to mention that uh, the hockey writers. We've recently expanded our offerings with a substack dedicated to each NHL team, as well as a general one every day for the best articles on across the site. But um, in our case, we've got a prospects substack, NHL draft and sub substack. Um, and if you don't want to miss any of that great content that gets produced across the teams and and our draft team, the three of us and, and some other, other people making draft content there, make sure you sign up to get all of those prospect articles delivered right to your email inbox multiple times throughout the week. Uh, a sign up link can be found in the video description below. So check that out, please and thank you. All right. So this is the second episode of a series we started last week looking at the top drafted and undrafted prospects in a variety of leagues around the world, um, uh, just early on in the season, just kind of early impressions and and people to keep an eye on this year. So go back to last week if you want to check that one out. We talked about the CHL, all the the Canadian major junior leagues. But we're going to kick things off today, this week, with the USHL, uh, which has really emerged as a, a more more of a contender in the the junior world, at least in North America, uh, which is really interesting. And it's become a bit of a player when it comes to some top Canadian prospects even over the last years, Adam Fantilli, Owen Power, Max Celebrini. And it's just going to keep continuing. Um, so none of those guys are on this list right now because they've moved on to different leagues. But um, it's it's a real player. It's a real league. It's a it's an important one. So we're going to start it off with the Green Bay Gamblers, uh player I want to talk about there. Is Adam Guyane, uh goaltender drafted by the Blackhawks, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Peter, what are your thoughts on Guyan and uh his start? I mean, I think he has one, two games. I don't know. Can't remember how many games he started already, but uh what are your thoughts on him early here?
2: Yeah, five and two records. where so he's played in seven. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit, you know, odd because of the journey that he's taken where you know mm-hmm. he started in the you know, NAHL uh, for the Chippewa yeah. Steel. And then, you know, he goes over, has a stellar performance that he has at the World Juniors. And all of a sudden, he's on the like, you know, map of like being one of the top goaltenders selected in the 2023 draft. Um, lo and behold, the Blackhawks took them, as we mentioned before, uh, in the second round. So, yeah, that pick is starting to look very, very well. Um, I just mentioned his record, but also a 912 save percentage which has him within the top 10 in the USHL, which, you know, not bad considering he also had some looks last season as well, late in the season as well. Um, And also he's 13th in uh, goals against average in 2.94. So yeah, you know, really good start for him. Um, Obviously again, maybe there was a little bit of doubt because of the journey that he took. Um, You know, when prospects come, you know, up out of nowhere, you start to get like maybe a little, not necessarily doubt, but you want to be cautious on how you like over project them. But he's living up to that hype right now. And he's taking everything in stride. Like ever since, like I said, ever since that world junior tournament, Things have been mm-hmm. going his way and he's been playing very well, very solid in the crease, good mobility, you know, can track the puck very well. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen a few games, haven't seen quite a whole lot, but definitely going to keep a bit uh, uh, an eye on him throughout the season because, yeah, he's just another top uh, goaltending prospect in the Hawks system right now because now they got Drew Camesso who's working his way up. So mm-hmm. maybe have a little bit of a rivalry or battle or clash for the crease in the near future. But, you know, he's looking very good, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be that'd be a dream for them to have a little bit of that uh that healthy competition in the in the prospect prospect pool in net. Um yeah, really unprecedented path for for a, a high-end uh prospect, N-A-H-L, USHL, who knows where he's heading next, really. But um yeah, as you mentioned, like really just kicked the hype train off at the world juniors. And he's he's been living up to it. He's been he's been mm-hmm. showing pretty well for himself. It's not an amazing start, but it's pretty positive. It's it's early, um, and it's a it's a new level for them. It's a new team, so you got to give them a little bit of a buffer. Uh, maybe that's a fair disclaimer for the whole episode. Small sample size <laughs> alert. Small sample size alert. <laughs> None of these players have played more than six, seven games, and many of them that we'll get to have played a lot less than that. So especially this is just very get, early reactions, yeah. especially when we get to the national development team. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs>
2: yep. Small
0: sample size alert there. You've been warned. Cole Eiserman is probably not going to score 108 goals or whatever. He might, though. We'll talk about it. Um uh, next up on uh the USHL side, uh the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Uh, they've got one of my recent favorite uh prospects in the 2024 draft, Sasha boiver Um, and I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's six two already. He's a center, he's got great skill with the puck. Um, he was a really great playmaker last year, uh, especially along the boards, kind of not not at the level of, say, like a Zach Benson. maybe like the playmaking around the boards with Benson is just absurd. um, but really, really solid. um the shot was a little weak last year, I'd say like below average, but small sample size. Early this year, it's looked really solid. his shot. um, I think he's got a chance of being like a like a first half of the first round pick, like top sixteen guy. Um, if he can keep it up, he's got the size, he's got the skating, he's got the skill, um, maybe not an elite prospect, but I think he's going to be a good one. And he's got a chance to be solid middle six center. Maybe who knows if he bumps to the wing, but he's got the size to be an NHL center. And I think teams are going to gravitate to that for sure. So someone to watch out for this year, he's at a good start points wise, but, um, it's more about the process and the development at this point than, than points in the USHL. Uh, Matt, I'll come to you on this next one. Dubuque Fighting Saints—they've got Yuri Pekarčik, who we talked about towards the end of last year. He really broke out at the U18s with Dalibor Dvorški, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's held it up a little bit. Like, what what are your thoughts on Pekarčik and uh, and how he's started so far?
1: Yeah, coming over from—it's always interesting to see these guys that come over from the European leagues and see how yeah. they adjust to a North American style game. And yeah, he's looked pretty good. Got two goals, nine points in eight games. I, uh, you know, USHL, like you said, is starting to become a league that we're starting to to pay a lot more attention to because there's a lot more guys coming out of this league uh, and being legitimate NHLers than ever before, really. And yeah, they do have the main team, Chicago Steel being the biggest one that produces these guys. Um, but yeah, yeah uh St. Louis Blues draft pick, third round, last, um, yeah, last draft. And, uh, you know, looking like a pretty good, pick in that third round so far. a uh, good size, uh, good hockey sense. And uh yeah, I mean, so far, so good in the North American game and a lot more assists than goals, obviously, but uh we'll see how he does because he's a little under a point a game and I'm over well and over a point a game uh so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do uh for the rest of the season. Cause like I said the USHL's not a not a bad league to play in anymore. And um yeah to see what he can do for the rest of the season uh, if he can keep this up
0: yeah and I, I agree like it's always really fascinating to watch players who played in in difficult Euro leagues coming to North American junior you never know maybe this is where he kind of he kind of stalls out at this level this year at least and that would still be a good year I'd say uh, but maybe he figures it out a little bit he gets more comfortable off the ice he gets a little more comfortable with the the narrow ice uh, of North America, and maybe he excels. I mean, he he fights really hard. He, he cuts to the middle of the ice, and so for there to be less space for him to go to get to the middle, maybe that works for him. Maybe that works for his game even better. So, yeah, he'll be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, you brought him up, Peter. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about uh, Cole Eisenman. uh USA NTDP squad. Um, they play a lot of their games in the USHL. They also play inter-squad games they play against um ncaa competition in like exhibition games that don't count for the ncaa team's uh standings or anything like that but uh they spend a lot of their time in the ushl so we'll talk about them here uh you've got cole eisman here we've talked about him a lot but what what have you Mm -hmm. seen from him early on and is he going to score 100 goals this year
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's let us let us put that wager down. That he's going to score 100 goals, Nah, Uh, he's not. Um, but you can't deny his goal scoring abilities. I mean, that shot, the ability to get open. I mean, it like it's already at an NHL level when you compare him to the likes of you know Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, already like established elite snipers at the next level, and he's already doing that right now, and that's great. But you know. That is his one strength. And that's the one thing that I see with his game. It's just, there isn't like a whole lot of other aspects to his game that really stands out, but you know, teams want goals. He He's definitely going to be your guy. And if he's going to be that big producing winger, then you may want to invest in him um, again. You know, the, it seems like there's a lot of times where he's waiting for the play to come to him instead of him getting involved um a mm-hmm. little uh sometimes where it's just a little bit too passive but you know what when he's open and he's team up ready for a shot he that puck is going in the back of the net or you know at least it's going to be a dangerous chance on that um offense is always on his mind when the puck is on his stick and you know it again a lot of promise and potential it's just we just want to see a little bit more because we know he's
0: dangerous you know putting the puck in the net yeah, absolutely. He's going to be very interesting to watch this year. The numbers are going to pop. Like I'll set the over under for goals at like 80, which would be above <laughs> mm-hmm. the the existing record of, I, I believe, 76 set by Cole Caulfield for single season goals in the NTDP. Um, it feels like he's gunning for that and it's not going to take him much longer at this rate. It's going to take him like three months. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's a little difficult to evaluate him. Watching him early this year. Uh, obviously it was easy through the summer to get super excited about the shot, the goal scoring capability. But like you said, you can kind of wait for stuff to happen. I feel like the dream for a player like this is for the goal scoring instincts and the shot to be elite, which they are. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of his game to be at least like average, up, Yeah, which is like by average, I'm, that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. NHL average, which is really good. Um, one of the best in the world still, but in the NHL, it's just average except few of his the, a few of his attributes are a little below in my eyes like his, his competitiveness is not really there yeah consistently enough maybe um so I, he needs to grow a little bit but like you said teams are going to be just just blown away by the, the shot and I that's not wrong by any means I think that's the right thing um there's just there's definitely room for growth with this prospect so um be curious to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player on the NTDP who is actually an underage player, so he's not eligible until the 2025 draft, is James Haggins. Matt, I'll come to you on Haggins. Uh, what are your thoughts on on his start? I mean, he's going to be at worst the second best player on this team, even though he's not eligible for an extra year. Um, so, what have you seen from him early on? You know. We talk about
1: again. This is a year we're talking about a lot of these 2023 guys, and all of a sudden these 2020, 2024 guys, and all of a sudden these 2025 guys are starting to take over spotlight. Starting to pop, yeah. And it, he's only 16 years old, uh, playing in this league. And he's and he's I don't know say dominating, but he's doing pretty well. Uh at the NTDP level, he's got not he's got 17 points in nine games. And then at the junior with the US NTDP juniors and the USHL, 11 points in five games. So I uh, maybe call that dominating. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, it's yeah. way over a point yeah. game it's amazing. Um, against a lot of like guys that are way older than him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's played with Cole Iserman, uh, you know, World Junior Showcase, he's played with him. Um, really good playmaker, uh, probably it's hard to say the you don't want to say the best right now because he's 2025. Um, but you know, to be at 16, I, I love it when these young guys just uh dominate at levels that they shouldn't be uh, you know, at that age. Yeah. And uh, you know, his physical, his, you know, his frames they haven't grown into their frame yet. Um, mm-hmm. and they're doing this. It it's amazing. And Haggins has sure gotten off to a good start. And, you know, at this point, want to say maybe a top 10 pick in 2025 um, I mean very very early but definitely in that range of 10 to 15 at this point and uh, we'll see if he can keep this up because like I say all these small sample size but put up uh, quite a few points uh, in last season as well over all the leagues um, so I'm excited to see what he can you know, keep doing I keep there's a word I'll keep using as excited because it's always exciting to see uh, all these guys and how they can progress
0: throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Higgins has been unreal. Um, I I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but to be honest, right now he's my my favorite to go first overall next mm-hmm. year, um, not above just Michael 10. Misa, <laughs> uh, above Michael Misa. And to be honest, this this one I'm pretty sure is actually a hot take. Is that if he was like a month month older and he was eligible for 2024, I might have him as my top ranked prospect. He's at very least he's for me he's in that top group with uh Max Celebrini. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just be those two to me. I think they're ahead yeah. a- above at this point um Eisenman, Demidov, Capitan, um and Dickinson and Levshunov. It's going to be a good draft again. But um but for real like James Haggins has been amazing and I I'm I'm very high on him right now. And he's got an extra year. He's going to go to college next year cuz yeah. or no, he's going to be on the U18 team, I guess. Again, yeah, 2025 26 is. boston college he's, he's a commit early anyway um he's phenomenal so he's great another 2025 eligible i want to mention briefly on the ntdp is logan hensler uh team logan supremacy over here um we're, we're getting better there's more and more prospects and players in the nhl team name logan it's perfect but actually uh probably the best defenseman right now in the ntdp and he's a, a year younger um Cole Hudson might have some stuff to say about that, EJ Emery. But Hensler's my favorite, 6'2 already. Um, and he's a right shot D. Um, really good two-way play so far. I've been really impressed with him, uh, some camps during the summer and then early on this year. So he's someone to watch for the next 18 months or so. <laughs> and then the next 20 years after that, probably, because I think he's gonna be a star. Um, an early, early uh competitor for the top D in that class, although. We don't know a lot of players in that class quite yet because they're 15 years old still. Most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That'll wrap up the USHL side here and we'll move quickly to college hockey, to the NCAA. And we're going to start it off with university of Minnesota uh, who lost Logan Cooley and Matt Nyes, And most teams would be really bad if they lost <laughs> that quality in a single, single year, but There's actually still a ton of talent here. So, Peter, I'll come to you first uh, with Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, the St. Louis Blues prospect, known for his goal scoring. What do you think of it so far? What do you think of him with uh, missing some talent? But uh, that top line was dominant for them last year. Uh, But it looks like it could still be pretty good, to be honest with you, early on.
2: Yeah, missing some talent, but at the same time, he's, you know, making up for the loss of both Cooley and Nice because he's leading the team with four goals and five points at this point. Um, So, yeah, you know, he basically all the offense is basically going to go through him. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the shot's on display, but, you know, that powerful late game where he's always intent on the forecheck, you know, always driving hard to the middle, getting himself open. He's just doing the little things that just makes him a very – talented uh, prospect and you know i might have been a little bit lower on him during that draft class but you know what he he was one of those players where i was kind of like should i rank him a little bit higher a little bit lower because i just couldn't quite get a feel but it mm-hmm. it, it definitely is real with Snuggerud root in his offensive game right now It's t- it looks like it's being taken to like new heights and he's elevated his play along the way as well and that's what you want to see in the progression at the collegiate level where you know it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to um you know match a 50 point uh freshman season that he had uh along with cooley with 21 goals and 29 assists but he looks like he's well on the road to do that with five points in two games so um yeah just just what he's able to do um with the tent and the work ethic that he has it's going to separate himself and make him a very stand-up player at the collegiate level again this season
0: yeah, absolutely. And and someone we talked about a lot in this last year, Oliver Moore, is joining that team. Um, a center, a little bit undersized. However, in college hockey, undersized requires a shorter height. So he's actually just like more. He's closer to like average size. So it's not really as as big an issue a lot of the times in college hockey or in junior as well. Um, and he's looked really good early on. I think the big question for Moore is if he can stick it out maybe as a top line center there um that's a lot to ask of a freshman um especially defensively uh but if he can if he can keep that workload going which we know he skates well enough to to play that role for sure um then I think he could he could have a really successful year uh, he's already got four assists in two games so uh watch out for for more getting a lot of ice time this year hopefully he can uh, he can really pop this year as a freshman uh, we'll move on to the University of Michigan now. Uh, just a classic team, kind of like we talked about the Chicago Steel and the USHL being just the the talent factory in that league. That's kind of what you University of Michigan has been for a while now. However, they've lost Luke Hughes. They've lost uh, Maddie Beniers, Adam Fantilli. They've still got a lot of talent, but they've lost some of the stars they've had for the last, you know, two to five years in a lot of cases – um, so Matt, I'll come to you first here with Rutger McGroarty, who is currently leading all of college hockey in scoring, or at least all of uh, <laughs> Division One college hockey. Uh, what are your thoughts on McGroarty? And and I personally didn't expect the points to be his yeah. his calling card even this year um, as as a leader on this team. But but what do you thought of him mm-hmm. early on? Yeah,
1: it's you know last season he had 39 points in 39 games, a point a game, but already nine points in four games. Uh, this season, uh, two goals, seven assists, and, Ooh. uh, has had points in all games, uh, so far this season mm-hmm. and, uh, already a four point game under his belt. Uh, you know, we've talked about Rucker McGordy quite a bit on this show, uh, during his draft year, during different feature things with features, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he's off to a great start and, uh, in college hockey, you know, your sophomore season, uh, you know it starts becoming where you start getting the more ice time you start getting the more opportunities and uh especially with all these stars that are leaving that have left he's gotten a bigger role in the team too and looks like he's he's taken a taking it and uh starting to run with it and mm-hmm. you know it, it's kind of unfair when you see all these different talent just keep coming uh, for the for the Michigan Wolverines and he's just another yeah. guy that seems to have stepped up and is starting to uh you know, be that dominant leader and on pace for more than 39 points, obviously, so far. And uh, I think he does, sm- you know, shatter that 39 and ends up, you know, being a real, I don't know about leading the NCAA, sure. but, uh, you know, that'd be a bold pitch. He, <laughs> he could. You <laughs> never know. He could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I'm going to actually just scoot up now. I mean, they've got other talent, as I mentioned, Seamus Casey, Frank Nazar um who it's been good to see him him succeeding after missing most of last year uh, recovering from a surgery and an injury uh, i want to talk about boston university who've got just a crazy group of talent and it looks like they might get more with cole Eiserman committing there um for next season uh but the name that we've talked about a little already danced around but it's max celebrini i want to get your guys' thoughts on this um i mean he's been great to start like i don't know what else you would expect but um <laughs> I've kind of in my mind, I have I've set parameters for his freshman season um, based on two recent prospects. And I want to ask you guys where you think he lands in between those. So the low end, which is wild, is a Matty Baneers freshman season, which was 24 points in 24 games. So exactly a point a game. Um, solid two way play was a leader for that team and then only spent one more year and moved on to be a pro and and be the best rookie in the NHL. So that's a really good freshman season. And then on the other end is Adam Fantilli, uh, 1.8 points per game, which was just (laughs) absurd for a freshman and kind of unrealistic expectations to set for anyone. Um, Where do you think he lands in the middle of that? Uh, Matt, I'll come to you first. Yeah, he's not going to be Fantilli. Uh, I don't
1: think so. Um, But I think he does go... Above I think he's probably, I mean, maybe it's a cop out saying right in the middle, like right in the middle of it. No, that's fair. But uh, I think he could. I, I Like I said, I don't think he's the high, but he's
0: definitely not the low end. I think he's yeah. probably falls right in the middle there. Yeah, totally fair. Peter, what about you? Where do you think Celebrini falls between Beneers and Fantilli as a freshman?
2: Yeah. In the middle, but I think it would just be it, like moved a little bit closer to Fantilli just because on the deceptiveness of his goal scoring, his his, decepti- his deceptiveness of his overall game and the way that he manipulates plays. It's already fooling players at this level, and he's just a freshman right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there was a clip online um, where um, I think it was uh, – I'll, I'll search up the name later on, but I do remember it um, – where he's like doing little subtle fakes and everyone's baiting into him to making a pass. And he just goes the opposite way. Like those little subtle moves and that IQ and awareness that he's able to have at that level is very impressive. So in mm-hmm. the middle between, uh, Fantilli and the but I would say just a tad bit closer to the
0: Fantilli side. Okay. That's fair. Those are all fair. I think, uh, I'm going to hit like 1.35 points per game, which is just under the halfway point. I think uh, he is incredibly young to be in college hockey. So even a point per game season where he he's good would be phenomenal. Um, I don't know this to be true, but I'm pretty confident that he would be the youngest of these three at the times that their, their freshman season started, um, which is wonderful. Um, and I really, really, really hope just for our sake, that he goes back to college hockey for one more year because him playing with Cole Iserman again next year would be so much fun because you look at their numbers back in uh, Shattuck St. Mary's and it looks like they're playing NHL 24 or whatever. Like they're just (laughs) playing video games. It's just silly. They were just, just nuts. And it was just not fair. So I hope we get the chance to watch them play again. So uh, yeah, yeah. he's going to have a great year. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Daniel G that uh,
2: posted the clip oh, yes. of um, uh, Celebrini from Elite Prospects. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Check him out. He's great. He's a great scout, especially yes. if you're a Canucks fan, I'd say. Oh, I, I get um, a lot of the clips. From <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's great. Check out check out Daniel G uh, on Twitter, YouTube, wherever you want. He's, he's great. We love him here. Yeah. Um, Matt, I'll come to you quick on another Boston U.S prospect tom Velander, a canucks prospect uh what are your thoughts on him early on he missed the first game due to weird college hockey pro experience rules but what have you thought of him in in his uh his early showings amazing uh he's been great he's already has two points
1: had two points in his first game scored his first goal uh and looked very good i mean he was Mm -hmm. he was set at when he started on the game third pairing bottom pairing uh but you know getting points on you right off the bat is pretty good in NCAA. Yeah. And he didn't just do it for, I mean, he looked great in transition. He showed a lot of what, you know, we love about him as a prospect and as a defenseman, uh, very good passer, very, very uh, deceptive passer. I made mean, a couple of plays where I'm like, you yeah. know, you have to really isolate him and watch a whole game where you're just watching him and his passing. Cause some, some of the things you, you have to really watch really closely for him, to see what he does because there's a few that kind of I think it was one play where he just did a little bit of a drag to, to pass it off and then yeah it, it it's something that you you want to watch because he's very subtle with it but yeah I, I'm excited to see him in in Canucks colors uh, some one day but very good start to his NCAA career getting two mm-hmm. points in your first game and your first goal I mean that doesn't happen for defensemen a lot of the time because a lot of mm-hmm. these guys don't score a lot Uh, even forwards don't score a ton in the NCAA. So you get your first right away and look pretty good at that level. Um, I'm excited to see him
0: for the rest of this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it was a bold choice on his part. Um, It's not common to see top European prospects come to North American college hockey um, right after the draft. It's, it's pretty rare, but he, he was betting on himself and the fact that he'd get, a larger role, more ice time, better chance to be close to whatever team that drafted him and their development uh, system and stuff. And it looks pretty good so far. Early returns are positive. Absolutely. Volander's looked great so far. Uh, Alright, I just want to quickly mention again that uh, the Hockey Writers has expanded our offerings, we have a substack dedicated dedicated every team, uh, but also a, a prospects and draft substack. Um, so you can subscribe to that, and you'll be sent all of the best content uh, about NHL prospects about upcoming draft prospects, everything like that, um, in a newsletter a couple times a week sent to your email inbox. Uh, You can find a sign-up link for that in the description below. Please check it out. Uh, We would really appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun to get that started. So check that out. All right, let's jump back into our look at the best prospects playing in the U.S. right now. Um, We're actually going to move past junior hockey, or I don't know if you can count NCAA (laughs) as junior hockey, but we're moving to strictly professional hockey, the AHL, American Hockey League, And we're going to talk through some of the top prospects playing in that league, at least to start the season. Uh, There's a few here that I think are are fair to expect to see them uh, hopping up into the NHL at some point. But we'll start off with someone who's been uh, having a a great start here for the Laval Rocket, uh, Joshua Waugh. Peter, I'll come to you first on him, a Habs prospect who's been who's been turning it out for a couple of years now, honestly, uh, above expectations. But uh, what have you thought of his hot start so far? Ah, uh, I, I am so glad that he was able to
2: sort of uh turn the tides because in his draft year, it seemed like there was like a little bit of questions about, you know, his skating mentality, work ethic overall. And now all of a sudden he's just been on a dominant tear mm-hmm. ever since, um you know, that was the season. It was still around the COVID years where, you know, things were a little bit iffy. But, you know, when he For was sure. drafted, you know, In the fifth round in 2021, that's looking like a big steal for the Habs right now, because then he went on to have 119 points in 21, 22, 99 last season, and now he's already having, you know, a strong start to this uh, AHL season, four points in two games, Um, I believe he's within like, you know, the top 10 in scoring already. Sorry, just outside the top mm-hmm. 10. He's 11th. Uh, but, seventh. you know, oh, who's yeah. uh, who's splitting hairs at this point. Um, You yeah. know, he's really, really dominant. Like, he's really found his game with his, you know, puck protection skills, the offensive side of the game, the ability to get in on the four check. I think he, the fact that he was able to use, use his size a little bit more right now, I think that's been the biggest difference maker for him. And he's excelling in all aspects of the game in all three zones, and especially in the offensive zone as well. So, yeah, big star for him. I've been a really big fan of his since his draft year. Glad Montreal got him because he's a player that they could probably use in the near future, very soon. And don't expect maybe I would assume maybe a call
0: up if everything continues to go well. So, yeah, that's definitely not out of question. Um, even this this early, it's not out of question. Especially because, uh, pardon, pardon me any Habs fans, but the Habs don't look very good this year. The Canadians <laughs> don't look excellent this year, and they can use some help. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe that's a little bit of a rush for him and they want to want to keep him down for a little bit. But he he's looked fantastic. Um, yeah, massive fan of that. He, he looked great at the World Juniors. Uh, I'll, I'll bring back something I talked about a little last year, a term I, I made up for for players of his style. He's a snow plow. He goes out mm-hmm. there and he clears the ice and he makes everything easy for his teammates. Maybe I should say Zamboni. Is that better? Maybe <laughs> is better for it. Just cleans the ice up, makes everything better and easier for his teammates. He just he makes everything easier. Like yeah. you guys want to play with someone like that, like a Zach Hyman, some something like that in the NHL. Like, just makes your life easier, makes hockey more fun. So uh he's a really fun player to watch, really hot start. He's he's gonna be good. Um Next up is the Grand Rapids Griffins who have quite a few great players there right now, but um, Matt, I'll come to you on this one. Simon Edvinson, what are your thoughts on his start and maybe even just the fact that he's there? Like, like, what do you think about that situation? I hate,
1: I mentioned it. Devin and I mentioned it on Grindline uh, this past episode that he shouldn't be there. I mean, he's an NHL defenseman and that uh, he looks like an NHL defenseman in the AHL already, as mm-hmm. first goal, I mean, I'm mean, surprised, not really surprised, he already has his first goal. Um, and he's, like I say, just bottom line, he just looks like he shouldn't be in the AHL. I mean, uh, you know, the Grand Rapids Griffin's got a ton of great defensemen, but he's obviously yeah. the best on the team. I mean, the Griffins have our 2 0, but uh, they've given up a ton of shots on goal uh, throughout their first two games. And, you know, and their goaltending has been better. I, uh, and Sebastian coast is one. We'll talk about him later on, but uh he was a big, big part of why they won one of those games and uh Edmondson go mm-hmm. back to Edmondson. He, he's just, yeah. I, I don't know if there's much more to say. He should just shouldn't be in the AHL. He's been great. He should be playing in the
0: NHL where he's already looked great. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's definitely a bit of a weird situation right now. He's in that limbo space where uh, every Red Wings game that passes without him in the lineup, they're leaving a little bit on the table. They could be better. They could have a better chance to win each game. It feels like that is probably true. But I also can see the argument for playing Edvinson, top power play, playing him big minutes in the AHL on a team that, while they're super young, um, at least has a chance to win some some serious games compared to recent years. Um, I can see the arguments for both. I am of the opinion, though, that uh, Edmondson will be the first D call up in Detroit and probably won't be sent down again. I, I think if he gets called up, I think it's over. I think his AHL career is over. Sorry, everyone.
1: <laughs> over before we um, start. But
0: yeah, basically. Uh, so great start. Um, about all you could expect from him. Uh, he's he's like a quad A He's not a triple-A, like he's not AHL level. He's too good for that, but borderline NHL, and they want to play him 25 minutes instead of 10 to 15 probably. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes for now. But that's that's what it looks like to start. Um, Another defenseman who was a little bit of a surprise to see in the AHL um, that also might not last there very long with the San Diego Gulls is Olin Zellweger. Um, Lots of great D prospects in Anaheim, just an absurd group there we've talked about that a bunch uh but <laughs> zellweger started off the year in the ahl um i again don't think that'll last long we've talked about him a bunch in recent years uh the skating is phenomenal like i don't know is it is it crazy to say he's like gonna be a top 10 skater in the nhl soon i'll say at least in his prime for sure yeah. top 10 skater in the nhl like best skater in junior hockey this last year he's phenomenal super talented um the ducks don't have much going for them except all their players under 22 basically um so watch for him to make the team soon but uh he does have some competition minchikov uh tristan luno uh noah warren you see on that team as well i believe yes. that's the yeah. same prospect pool thank you very much <laughs> you could tell i was nervous and <laughs> and luno's on warren. the team right now yeah, that's right. Luno made the team. Uh, it's it's wild there. Their decor is going to be stupid young, but also very talented. Um, so Zellweger girl probably crack that pretty soon too. Um, I guess we'll make it. We'll make it three. Um, someone who's young and that I was surprised to see in the AHL. Uh, Peter, I'll come to you for this one. The Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, Dylan Gunther started the year in the AHL. I think. Uh, it's fair to say the Arizona Coyotes have a much better top six forward group than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, but what are your thoughts on Gunther starting in the AHL? He's looked good uh, for sure, but I guess not good enough to be top six in the NHL, maybe not good enough to be top nine. I, I don't know what their, their plan is there, but what, what are your thoughts on his situation? Yeah, if the plan is to put him into the top six,
2: then yeah, it probably is best to put him in the minors, um, you know, at, you know, speaking with the Toronto Maple Leafs, we have seen that happen with Nick Robertson, where you don't want yeah. your top prospect to get those bottom six minutes. You want them to succeed and get them to the point that they want to be at, that you want them to be there. And he's going to be a top six, uh, forward, uh, for the coyotes in the future. And yeah, it was kind of a bit of a shock too, considering that he already has a like 33 games of experience under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also last year where, you know, they're still kind of towards the bottom of the standings. They needed some help. He got that experience, went to the world juniors, and then went back to junior as well to try yeah. and win a championship there. Um, he, yeah. I believe, he did get the WHL championship with the Thunderbirds. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah, he did get it. Okay, perfect. So had that going for him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that. You know, kind of like Simon Evanson, I don't think it'll be long before he gets a call up and they maybe feel that they can get like maybe a little bit of an extra push into their top six. And then Genther is definitely going to be that player if and when he comes up, because he's definitely going to be a dynamic player. He's we've seen the shot. We've seen the ability to attack the net. Um, He's just an all around dynamic offensive threat. And, you know, it, 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 it won't be long before he gets that call.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think similar situation to Edmondson probably is that it was a little bit of a surprise, a little strange to see him go to the HL, but it's not like either of those guys are, are like overripe. It's not like mm-hmm. they've spent too much time toiling away in the minors. It's like they're still very young. They're still new to North American pro hockey, at least. Um, so it, it's totally reasonable to, to start them there. And if the Coyotes are, are looking to have him play a big role when he's with the big club, um then yeah it could be more beneficial to just get big minutes in a an easier league for a while so we'll see how that one goes i think it's fair fair like you said peter to expect that not to last too long um someone else who's made uh his debut well not is it his debut i can't remember if he played last year actually but logan Stankoven, who we have obsessed over for multiple years now uh team logan supremacy once again (laughs) um who has he's taken even the most like the most like avid haters of undersized, high skill um, prospects uh, and made them believers uh, because he looks like a legit prospect, not just someone who has a good chance to make the league, but has a chance to be like a top six contributor, um, which at his size makes him the exception to the rule of, you know, guys under five, nine don't make the NHL, aren't serious contributors. There are exceptions and he looks like one of them for sure. Uh good start early on. I think he's got two points already. Where did I have that? I lost him. Yeah, two goals in, yeah. in his first two two games this year in the AHL. Um, he tore it up in the WHL last year. Um, was like one of the only people on pace to to kept keeping track with Connor Bedard, uh, even though he's two years older or something. But uh he's looked really good to start. And I don't know that the NHL is in his future this year just because the stars the dallas stars are a cup contender and might not have the space to kind of give him a chance if he doesn't just blow them away but i wouldn't be shocked with it because he works incredibly hard he's another uh zamboni snowplow player whatever whatever pick which one you like more uh, tell me in the comments if there's one you like better do you like that either snowplow or zamboni i can't i can't decide yet i'll have to think about that one i'll have to sleep on that but Stan Coven's had a great start. Love that player. Hope he keeps succeeding. Um, one more guy here before we talk about some goalies in the AHL. And you know, I'm coming to you, Max. I know you're a big fan. <laughs> Archie Baines with the the Abbotsford Canucks um, had a good year last year and is his first pro year. Not nothing crazy, but but a solid year for sure. It looked like he had a chance to make the NHL out of camp but uh, he's starting the year off in the AHL. Once again, what are your thoughts on Archdeed Baines this year? Yeah, he's had a great start. Four points in two games here so far. And four points yeah. in
1: one game. <laughs> His past mm-hmm. game, he was shot out. But uh, I, he's just one of those guys I'm just going to love to see in the NHL one day because he's going to be that. I, I keep going back. I'm thinking he's going to be like an Alex Burrows uh, in the NHL. He's going to be very good. Um, have some time maybe clicking with some players in the top six for a time, but most of the time be a really, really good guy that can just come up and down the lineup, score goals. Um, good penalty killer. He's already a great penalty killer in the AHL. Uh, I still go back to those two shorthanded goals he had on the same shift, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is wild to have two on the same shift. Uh, cause yeah, I don't even know how that happened, but he did. He scored two shorthanded goals. Um, yeah. but he he's one of those guys who just love to cheer for because uh very high hardworking player uh great work ethic um and he's just he's underrated he's very underrated in his skill level as well and and like everyone knows undrafted uh guy that the canucks signed out of the whl after he won uh, the scoring title there and uh already in the ahl he had like you said decent season last year Uh 13 goals in 38 games um, kind of got was really good in the playoffs. And though that's where he scored those two shorthanded goals. Um, but I, I'm really impressed by him. I have already been impressed and I'm impressed even more this season. That first game um, could end up being a leader in that top six group for the Abbotsford Canucks. And I'm hoping he gets a call up as well. Cause um, I don't know if he will, because a lot of players, the Canucks signed in the off season and acquired are similar players to him so unless one of those guys go down that's probably when he yeah. comes up but uh I'm excited I-, I love watching him play so um fact that he's just in my backyard
0: here is great <laughs> yeah absolutely he's he's been great ever since they signed him well I guess that year before they signed him he was yeah. great too but uh yeah it's really cool to see someone who's so young I think he's 23 or so right now um just like first game of the year AHL just his second year there like he's first over the board's first penalty like that's a pretty good sign that he's got a shot in the bottom six especially for a team like Vancouver that is has made it a point this year this offseason to um, improve personnel on the penalty kill and improve systems and stuff and so to have someone kind of learning those systems as they come um, as he builds towards the NHL is a really really big uh really big possibility there for him to him to be a serious contributor in the bottom six in a year or two maybe mm. so yeah great start for him hope, hope it keeps going um and lastly i want to talk about some goalies and uh once again small sample size alert small sample size <laughs> alert mostly <laughs> these goalies have played one game um so i'm just going to say a few names and i'll ask you guys your thoughts so sebastian kosa dylan garan mad sogard Yaroslav Askarov, and drew camesso those five goaltenders in the AHL, some of them are making their their AHL debuts. At least for roughly, like I would consider this, Sebastian Kosa's like full time AHL debut. He spent a little bit of time there last year, but this is when they when they were serious about him being there. Drew Camesso, um, Dylan Garand getting getting established here finally. Askarov uh, had a great year in the AHL last year. And Sogard has been just lights out to start the year. I actually think he doesn't have a goal against and uh, at least over one game. I think he might have played a second. Uh, but what are your guys thoughts on these goalies, Peter? I'll come to you first. Uh, thoughts on some of these goalies who are just starting off real hot, like expectations. Where, where do you feel about that? Who Who do you think could be a surprise this year? Maybe?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit difficult because like you said, only one or two games played and some of these players have actually <laughs> yeah, played, yeah. Like, you know, multiple ones, you know, they're already at like two, three, four. So you got a little bit more of a bit of a larger sample, but mm-hmm. um, I want to focus in on Dylan Grand. I, I've been a big fan of his for a long time and, you know, obviously didn't have the best numbers last season in the regular season. He was kind of like in that backup role. But, you know, he got a look in the playoffs and he had a 935 save percentage uh, and a 1.76 goals against average. And like you said, small sample, one game this year, but he has a win under his belt. 958 save percentage and one goal against. Um, Obviously, I think that's probably because he finished off hot in the playoffs. Last season, I think right now, if he's able to start to run away with the starter role with the Harvard Wolfpack, I think this is going to be a a, a goaltender that's going to put up a lot of strong numbers and is going to keep the puck out quite a bit because he's very steady, great rebound c- control. I think that's the big thing where, you know, some goalies lack that ability where the rebounds kind of get away from them. He's very steady when it comes to that. Um but yeah, right. I think early on, it's a great sign for him. Uh, I, I want to keep uh, tracking, keeping track or keeping tabs on him because I've been a big fan of his ever since, you know, the 2020 draft. And, you know, the Rangers, you know how good they are at finding goaltenders. Uh, they may have just found another one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's I'm um, he looked great in his start. I was gonna say he's looking great early on, but it's one game. So he has looked great. <laughs> he did look great, great in, in that his game. Start, yes. <laughs> um uh I'll I'll quickly mention Yaroslav Visgarov, who we talked about a bit last year, uh, made his his North American debut, played the majority of the season in the AHL and was really good. I think a 9-11 save percentage in, in the majority of the starts there, which is super impressive for a young goalie, uh, just starting out in that league, especially considering. He played more games last year alone than he did in like the three seasons previous due to COVID and playing in the KHL where he didn't get a lot of games. Um, so just a, a wild change in lifestyle and in workload. But he he took it really well. He looked great. Um, just a, a hot start, his first game, like 950 ish save percentage. Um he's his only competition for the backup spot in Nashville right now is Kevin Lankinen. Who actually was pretty good last year in Nashville? I think he had a 915, 916 save percentage in and in a decent amount of starts as the backup to uh, UC Saros. Uh, so Askarov is going to have to, would have to be really good this year to steal that right away. But and only has one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to assume that um, a, like a decent improvement from uh, Askarov in the AHL this year. Could lead to him breaking through as an a- an NHL backup next year, which would be really cool to see. He's had a bit of an up and down development curve since being drafted. And even then he was a little unpredictable, um, but he's looked great recently. And that'd be a really cool story. And I say it happens. I say he's in the NHL next year, which would be wild, but we'll see. Um, Matt, what about you? Any, any thoughts on this group of goalies uh, starting hot in the AHL? I'm gonna focus
1: in on Sebastian Cosa, who I previously mentioned a bit. Uh because of how he played in the the in Traverse City uh, in the preseason, um, got lit up a few times. I'm happy that he started out his first AHL start and this season um so well because uh he was a big reason why the Grand Rapids Griffins won their second game of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it was 41 saves or 38, one of those. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot of saves. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like in the forties, uh, but he's, he got first star in that game uh, for good reason. And he's, he's just, I'm glad that he gets off because this confidence level is probably a little lower uh, going in because of how he played. And, uh, you know, they say that these guys don't look at the press clippings and don't look at these things. I think they do. I think they look at him. Um, it's hard to avoid in this day and age to, to read the stuff about you and, and people were freaking out that, you know, this guy is drafted ahead of uh, certain, certain goaltenders that have been doing better in the AHL so far. And he's not even in the AHL yet. And now looks like, I mean, again, small sample size, but uh, he's starting the AHL this season and he's got a good game under his belt already. So I'm, I'm happy that he's started out so well because of just the status around a lot For of sure. different experts, fan base of how he's going to be in the NHL. So, or, you know, in the future.
0: So I'm, I'm glad that he started out so good. Yeah, absolutely. I hope, I hope he can keep that momentum going. Uh, it was 41 saves on 43 21. shots. I was right. really, really solid. <laughs> um, it's him and Michael Hutchinson, uh, the the goalie duo there in the AHL. So you kind of know that Hutchinson can take the starting load if Kosa isn't quite ready. But if he if he can do this every once in a while, then Kosa might might make it a bit of a tandem situation, uh, which I think would be really really positive for for the Red Wings goaltending system. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that that wraps that section up for us. We're gonna uh, wrap up the show as we like to do with our prospect of the week. Uh, Peter, I'm going to start with you this time. For some reason, um, you're always last. I want you to go first. <laughs> tell us who you uh, got. Who do you have? Uh, so I am going to the London
2: Knights. And no, I'm not picking Easton Cowan. I am <laughs> picking... Uh, actually, what someone who I had ranked ahead of Easton Cowan in my rankings lat, in 2023. And that is Denver Barkey, uh, the third round pick from the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, in his last four games... He has 10 points, including a hat-trick against the Sarnia Sting. Um, You know, just seems to be on a different level this year. Kind of like Cowan, you know, with the Hunters and the system that they have, he's highly skilled and he's getting more of an opportunity to play right now. Um, Before, I mean, you could start to see where, you know, the production is starting to come alive when Cowan came back in the last three games. I uh, believe he has seven points uh, since Easton came back. But before then... He had uh, six points in the previous five games. So he was still being productive without Cowan. But I think with that chemistry that they've had previously in the season before, they're going to be on another level and dominating the competition right now. But just like he is a smaller player. He's five nine. He does need to add some muscle. But he is still very elusive, very strong with the puck skills. Very uh, ha- has great awareness. Again, he knows how to like turn on a dime, evade pressure when he needs to. He's got the skill set. If he's just able to grow a little bit more and add a little bit more weight, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him right now. And still dealing with like you know tough competition in the OHL, uh, he he he's he's taken uh, his game to another level. And th- for that, he's my prospect of the week.
0: Absolutely, that's a great choice. Um... I mean, you could probably go with the London Knights every week and just pick someone new every time. Yeah, <laughs> they go pretty well.
2: I'm saving the all the other ones for Sam Dickinson later on. So <laughs> okay, that's fair. You gotta, you gotta save
0: it. You gotta save it. You gotta keep them wanting a little bit. Um, I'll go, I'll go next here, and I feel like I've done them a few times. This might have to be the last one. For a while also uh, axel Sandin Pelika has just been so fun to watch earlier this year i can't stop talking about him uh, he's got six points in 10 shl games so far which is uh ninth in all defensemen in that league and second among all u20 skaters period only behind uh jonathan the Um, he's looked phenomenal his shot is crazy he's just lining up in in the ov office out in the, the face-off dot or the face-off circle and just ripping wristers, slap shots, anything he wants. And it's just, it's going really well for him early on. Um, will that keep up through the whole year? Unlikely, but uh, he's he's looked really great to start. Um, the His play isn't streaky. The, the scoring might be a little bit, um, but he's played well over 20 minutes several times. Um, he's a serious top four defenseman for a good team in the SHL this year. So that's uh, really encouraging for Red Wings fans. Um, And I'm just dreaming of him playing alongside Simon Edinson one day. That would be just a phenomenal pairing or Valinder or Albert Johansson or Jake Wallman, whoever you want to pick and choose. He's, he's going to be fun to watch no matter who he plays with playing with Ben Chirot. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt, who's your prospect of the week this week?
1: I'm cheating. And I'm going to, I'm going the Canucks prospect pool in general at uh, this past week. Okay. Um, okay. and I'll highlight a couple few players. There was one day that a ton of the when the NCAA, I think every Canucks prospect that played that day got a point, at least oh. one point, and uh that was everyone was Not like, bad. "Oh, what a great, what a great like 48 hours." This was like Canucks beat Amazon eight to one. Abbotsford Canucks beat the um, Val Rocket. It was high score too, and then all these guys get points in the NCAA. Someone was like. This is great. I mean, everyone's so happy. Uh, The prospect (laughs) pool looks great. Um, The OHL as well. Kudriats have got points. uh, Brustevich got points. He leads the defense in the OHL right now. So, I mean, to me, uh, everyone's saying about Canucks prospect pool being not that good. Well, at least early on this season. A lot of them look good. So
0: look <laughs> at scored again better. as
1: well this past yeah. week. So uh, my prospect report tomorrow or on Monday, whenever I'm writing it, tomorrow is Monday. Um, it's going to be loaded. So I'm having a hard time picking, highlighting certain players. So narrowing it down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's good to see. Like, like when we went over them a little uh, month or two ago, talked about their prospect pool a bit, like they've definitely been improving. The depth has improved significantly. And not a lot of star power there if if any to be honest but more and more people uh prospects looking like real contributors who are going to we're going to impact that team which is really positive after a few years where it looked pretty dark yeah but uh that that's pretty positive uh, that's a new one an entire prospect pool is your prospect <laughs> of the week like next I'm week stoked. we're going to be talking I'm about our prospect pool at of at the least. week <laughs> yeah yeah all right well you get everyone in and then you can you can spread spread the love next week. You can get more specific, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Do whatever you want. I've, <laughs> do it. I've done Axel Sandy and Palica like three of the last four weeks, probably at this point. Well,
1: at least I have more people to talk about. Is this the Karamaki? Yeah, that's fair. Time, so. yeah. Yeah.
0: That's fair.
2: At least there's. Pigeon it up from the Karamaki, R.C. Baines.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Branching yeah. out from them to them <laughs> yeah. and
1: other guys. What's nice is I do split it. I have an
0: AHL one. I saw oh, gotcha. the article. Yeah, and then I
1: also got the rest. So it kind of. That's the changed. way to do
0: it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, th- that does it for us this week. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Prospect Corner. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Raiders YouTube channel to make sure you catch all of our new episodes. And also make sure you check out our NHL draft and prospect sub stack uh, to stay caught up on all of our new prospect content. Uh, there's a link in the description below. Check it out. Thank you, Peter and Matt, as always. And thank you all for joining us on this week's episode of Prospect Corner. We'll see you next time.